Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We are live and back into the studio again. It's All Souls Day. God is so very good. A hyperinflation. Is it on the horizon? Is it on the way? (laughs) Well, most people say yes. But wait, there's more. Of course, we have to catch up on the story that broke on Friday. Uh, We were not in the studio yesterday to talk about this live, but uh, Joe Biden meeting with Pope Francis claiming the Pope told him he's a good Catholic and should keep receiving communion. Of course, he did receive communion while in Rome. And then uh, Father James Martin comes out and says, oh, the bishops, they're so not in lockstep with Pope Francis and his nuanced moral theology. Good grief, all they care about is abortion. Is that true? We're going to have that conversation coming up in the What's Concerning Us section. But we will talk about the economy, hyperinflation. I paid over $3 a gallon in Texas, of all places, it's absolutely mind-boggling how uh, food, gas, and other things are on the rise. And we're going to have a conversation with Mike from Restoring the Faith. At least that's allegedly we're going to have a conversation. Because the last time we tried to have a conversation with Mike from Restoring the Faith, uh, he, I don't, he didn't show. But I'm told he has given us permission to uh, tease him in, in an extreme manner. Uh, to make up for that. So hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, by the way, Virginia governor race is on the docket today. Polls open this morning, and Terry McCullough versus Glenn Youngkin is a big, big, huge litmus test for the Democratic Party across the United States. Will it be an indictment against the Biden administration? We'll, we'll have to find out. Fox News has him, uh, Youngkin, winning uh, 53 to uh, McCullough 45. So most polls have Youngkin ahead. It ought to be interesting to see how it goes. A big issues for that particular race, education and COVID lockdowns. I think uh, the citizens are pretty much fed up with the shenanigans going on in the public school system. So we'll have to wait to see how that goes. Speaking of shenanigans, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it now? Amen. It is. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Yeah, All Souls Day. It's a, it's a great day to be alive. Yay and amen. Um, and it's a great day to offer sacrifice for the holy souls. I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. That little mm-hmm, great mm-hmm. day to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good pun, isn't very it? Very good. Very good. Just very dropping well. them, just seeding with puns, you <laughs> just know? Seeding with puns. Well, pra- praise be to God. We're going to have a great show. By the way, uh, over the weekend, I watched a film called The Monuments Men. Have you ever oh, seen it? Never that? heard of it. You've never even heard of it? Nope. Really? Mm-mm. Hmm. Not even once. We'll have to talk about that today. I just heard of it uh, about 15 seconds ago, though. Yeah. <laughs> I by show of hands, how many of you have ever seen the Monuments Men? Let me know what you think. In it's the- funny. My mom was telling me the other day. She was like, "You know, it's hilarious. I laugh out loud whenever you are talking because Joe will mention these things that are happening, and then me and Joe must be the same age because <laughs> I get all his references." <laughs> ah. And I'm like, "Wow." So you're suggesting mom, you're kind of getting kind of old. We should consider your mom for the job. Uh, she can have it. There you go. <laughs> She'd be better at it. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, praise be to God. It's, uh, it's sometimes difficult to be the oldest person in the room uh, and the one who knows all the references. But uh, nonetheless, it is still, in spite of it all, good Amen. to be here. Amen. And I promise I will not mention uh, anything I promised that I would uh, avoid 
talking about the rumors that uh, Joe Biden defecated himself. <laughs> I know. That's I promise hilarious. that was not coming up at all. We will, will not, not talk that. about we won't that at all. In the, uh, in the what's concerning us section. We, right. We won't be talking Talk about, about him. Rumors, rumors that he defecated himself. <laughs> That's not terri- talking about that it. That is actually quite terrible. <laughs> I feel bad for this man in some ways, at least. Uh, we'll talk about that at 15 past. Mike from Restoring the Faith is on at 35 past this hour to talk about the economy, infl- inflation, and the rest of it coming up at 35 past. We'll have a conversation in the what's in the after show, which is the second half of the second hour, where we get a lot more casual and talk about whatever is on your heart and your mind. And uh, and Friday, I went home. I was going to lay down for my nap, my afternoon nap. And then all of a sudden, the breaking story of what uh, Biden claimed the Pope said Boy, I'm like, I can't go to bed. I got to get up and I got I to gotta deal with this. So I actually read the article and commented on that. That's all posted on our, on our YouTube channel. It's also on Odyssey as well. You can find it all linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash GDT. Lots to discuss today and jump into. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headline news. ABC News reports at least three dead after a high-rise in Nigeria collapses. Witnesses and officials say at least three people were killed and dozens more remain missing after the collapse of a 21-story apartment building being built in an upscale area of Nigeria's largest city. The Guardian reports French fishing industry divided over sanctions on UK trawlers. Paris has said it could ban British trawlers from unloading in French ports, carry out extra license checks on boats, tighten checks on trucks, and reinforce customs and hygiene controls unless London grants more licenses to fish in UK waters. But the head of the Fish Wholesale Association in Boulogne, France's largest fishing port, said the planned measures were excessive and disproportionate, warning they risked doing more harm to the sector overall than good. As of this morning, Britain said that France has freed a British scallop dredger that was seized last week in French waters near Le Havre and welcomed Paris's decision to step back from a row overfishing. Speaking of puns, Breitbart reports Jesuit Father James Martin says U.S. bishops overemphasize abortion. Jesuit Father James Martin told Italian media U.S. bishops are obsessed with abortion, which clouds their vision on other quote, equally, unquote, important issues. While many lay Catholics support Joe, uh, President Joe Biden, many bishops are, quote, again, are against him, unfortunately, because they only think about one issue, abortion and nothing else, unquote. Father Martin told the Italian news outlet in an interview published on Monday, quote, the bishops raised no problems when former Attorney General William Barr fast-tracked several death penalty executions, which is also against church teaching, unquote, the priest stated. In his interview, Father Martin suggested that the bishops are out of sync with Pope Francis, who is who has more a more new nuanced view of moral issues. More on that 
coming up soon here at the What's Concerning Us at 15 Past. The Military.com reports Pentagon rattled by Chinese military push on multiple fronts. American officials see trouble quickly accumulating on multiple fronts. Beijing expanding nuclear arsenal, its advances in space, cyber and missile technologies, and threats to Taiwan. Quote, the pace at which China is moving is stunning, unquote, says General John Hyten, the number two ranking U.S. military officer who previously commanded U.S. nuclear forces and oversaw Air Force space operations. At stake is a potential shift in the global balance of power that has favored the United States for decades. A realignment more favorable to China does not pose a direct threat to the United States, but could complicate U.S. alliances in Asia. New signs of how the Pentagon intends to deal with the China challenge may emerge in coming weeks from, Brin from Biden administration policy reviews on nuclear weapons, global troop basing, and overall defense strategy. For now, officials marvel at how Beijing is marshalling the resources, technology, and political will to make rapid gains, so rapid that the Biden administration is attempting to reorient all aspects of U.S. foreign and defense policy. Also, Epic Times reports judges pause vaccine mandate deadlines for police in both Chicago and in D.C. More to come on that, and those are your headline news for this morning. The saint of the day is the Holy Souls of Purgatory. And here's a quick, a short sermon by a holy bishop. It was 2,500 words. I cut it to 600. First of all, does purgatory exist? It is certain that this is a dogma of our faith. Sacred scripture does, however, offer passages which makes allusion as clearly as possible to the existence of purgatory. The account of the Maccabees where Judas Maccabee sent a sum of 12,000 talents to Jerusalem, asking the priest to offer a sacrifice for the intention of the soldiers who had died in combat in order that they may be delivered from their affliction and enter heaven. Sacred scripture adds, it is salutary thought to pray for our dead. St. Paul also makes allusion to the souls in purgatory when he says that certain souls enter heaven immediately and others quasi per ignum, that is, who enters heaven as well, but by fire, making allusion certainly to the purification necessary for these souls who would not be perfectly pre prepared to enter heaven. Why does purgatory exist? It exists because we must obviously enter into heaven in the most perfect purity. It is inconceivable that souls may enter the vision of God to participate in the light of God with any disposition which would be contrary to the light, contrary to the glory of God, and to the purity of God, and to the sanctity of God. It is inconceivable. This is why those who have died in the state of grace but are not perfectly purified from the penalty which is due to sin after the sin has been pardoned, and that, that referring to confession, and also those who die with venial sin must pass through this place of purification, which renders them worthy to be present before God in the blessed Trinity. Since they are no longer here upon earth, they are no longer like us in the state in which they are able to gain merit. They are definitively fixed in their grace that is sanctifying grace, but yet they suffer as well from an indescribable suffering because they know much better than we what God is and what he has promised by glory and what is waiting for us in heaven. They su suffer severely from the thought that they are not yet able to approach God and to live with him for eternity. They are also tormented by remorse at the thought of the goodness of God and of the charity of God, which they are witnesses. They know that they suffer justly for the sins which they've committed and to be purified in order to arrive in the glory of the Lord. Thus, as a consequence, the souls in purgatory are not able to abridge their sufferings. 
And since we are able to merit for them, we ask our Lord Jesus Christ in our prayer, and in particular the holy sacrifice of the Mass, that the souls in purgatory be more rapidly delivered from their sufferings. And indeed, we must do so. It is a duty for us because these souls who are suffering count upon us for their deliverance. We are able to do so, therefore, by our prayers in particular in offering the holy sacrifice of the Mass. We are able to do so by our penances, penances which must, we must do as well in order to atone for the penalty which is due to us for our sins, which have been pardoned and in order to diminish our purgatory. And if it pleases God and if God so wishes that we mean we not pass through purgatory, but rather go directly to heaven to join him. It is a considerable encouragement for us, an encouragement to sanctify ourselves. And if we truly understand what the souls in purgatory suffer, we would do so. We do all that we could to deliver them and to avoid purgatory ourselves. All you holy souls, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 24 through 29. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself and has given him authority to, to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who, who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom says, But why does he dwell so constantly on these subjects? Judgment, resurrection, and life. Hmm, Father James Martin, are you paying attention to this? St. Chrysostom says, Because... These are the most powerful arguments for bringing men over to the faith and the most likely ones to prevail with obstinate hearers. For one who is persuaded that he shall rise again and be called by the Son to account for his misdeeds will, though he know nothing more than this, be anxious to propitiate his judge. Hmm, think about that. Judgment. How many times have we said this on this particular show? Judgment is coming. Let's live as though we understand that there's coming a day in which we must give an account for everything we've said and everything we've done. Let us take maximum use and benefit from the time of mercy now and run to the sacraments and receive God's grace. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We thought we were killing the babies, but we have in fact killed our conscience. We have in fact killed our rights. We have in fact killed our nation. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Mike from Restoring the Faith, who worked on Wall Street for an investment banker. Um, we're going to be talking about hyperinflation. You know, more than two-thirds of Americans think the economy is in poor condition. Nearly half think it will get worse over the next year, according to uh, new polls. We're going to talk about that. Of course, uh, everything is on the rise. Gas, food. I mean, it's just, it's getting rather, rather uh, obnoxious. And for some, for most, I would say, not only is it just obnoxious, but it's, it's just not, they're not, it's not tenable. And we're going to have a conversation around hyperinflation, printing money off the rails. Is, is that going to have a good effect or a bad one? I think it's obvious, but Mike from Restoring the Faith is going to be on with us to discuss that coming up at uh, 35 past this hour. There are, of course, as I like to say, some stories that are very concerning to me. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, at Friday, I go home, typical, go home, I try to take an afternoon nap so I can sort of recover from getting up at zero dark 30, and then I see that there's a breaking story. We all knew that President Biden was going to go meet with the Pope. We all talked about it, and then a reporter asks Biden if abortion came up, to which President Biden said, no, and then he said yes. All in the same sentence, like in the same breath. No, it didn't. Yes, it came up when the Pope said, I'm a good Catholic and I should keep receiving communion. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but not by much. And then we all freaked out. And so I got up and I went and I read the the story out of the AP, you know, what was going on there. And uh, I posted that video on our YouTube channel. It's also on Odyssey. It's now posted to my personal channel as well. It's also on our Facebook group. You can see my, my reading of the story and some of my commentary on that. But it, as it turns out over the weekend, the Associated Press reported it. The Daily Beast reported it. Others reported it. Biden receives communion in Rome amid debate in U.S. Here's a little bit of the story. President Joe Biden received communion at St. Patrick's Church during Saturday Vigil Mass, a day after saying Pope Francis told him he should continue to partake in the sacrament, despite the opposition of some conservatives in the U.S. upset with his position on abortion. Biden and his wife Jill visited the English-speaking church that is in the main place of worship for the American Catholic community in Rome and is located near 
near the U.S. Embassy. The president stopped in between events at the Group of 20 World Leaders Summit taking place in the city this weekend. Now, okay, do you think it's possible that President Biden could receive communion unless the pope gave him permission? At the very least, the priest is giving him permission. Now, here's the, here's the story. As I just said, they meet. He's a world leader. I, I mean, what are you going to do? That's just the way it goes down. The Pope meets with world leaders all over the world all the time. That's part of his job. No problems there. But President Biden is a Catholic, or at least he claims to be. Yet he is one of the most ardent, stalwart uh, defenders of abortion and abortion rights and abortion taxpayer funding than any other president in the U.S. history. He's also uh, an ardent defender of the quote-unquote homosexual marriage and the breakdown in the the sacramental form of of marriage. So there are big issues here, huge issues here, that as Catholics that we are concerned about. And if it's in fact true that Pope Francis told him he's a, quote, good Catholic, unquote, and should, quote, keep receiving communion, unquote, then we've got big problems. But what if it's not? What if President Joe Biden is simply putting words into the mouth of His Holiness Pope Francis? Would that, in fact, change my opinion as to whether or not I believe, and so do many thousands of other Catholics believe, that His Holiness Pope Francis the Vatican has an obligation to clarify. No, I'm sorry, it wouldn't. If President Biden is not telling the truth, then he is lying about what His Holiness Pope Francis said. And from that principle alone, should the Vatican clarify this issue. If, in fact, the Pope said this, he ought to clarify still. Why? Because this is grave public scandal grave public scandal and he ought to clarify one way or the other especially if president biden is lying and not telling the truth he ought to clarify because of the grave public scandal we cannot ignore this issue as though it's not that big of a deal i can't tell you how many people tried to say to me over the weekend but joe it's a private conversation do you want him to reveal his private conversations yes Yes, I do. Absolutely. Why? Because he is the servant of the servants of God. He is the vicar of Christ on earth. He is not entitled to privacy in the same way you and I are. Now, private conversations are going to happen and should happen, and I don't need to know all the details. But I didn't go asking Joe Biden to tell the world that the Pope said he was a good Catholic and should keep receiving communion. He made that all on his own, that decision. And from that perspective alone, the Vatican needs to clarify this. And if they don't, the, the scandal is perpetuated. It is a major problem. Adrian, did you, uh, <laughs> Friday, when you caught this story, um, do you take naps? I'm just curious. I didn't even ask you. <laughs> no, I was. Like, you're too young for that. It huh? was kind of funny. While you were, uh, you, I saw you're streaming it while I was uh, working on the uh, the show for yesterday. So I was like, hey, Joe's still awake. <laughs> yeah, but barely. So, but no, no, it was, it was, it's very scandalous. And that's a huge issue. I know I was having a discussion with a, a Protestant in the mall. I just ran into him. Uh, he had a Houston firefighter shirt on. And so I just started talking to him because my dad's a Houston firefighter. And uh, it turns out, He's a, a former Catholic, left the faith, and he's like, you tell me, how can the Pope be infallible right. whenever he says all these things? And it's like, 
you're right. I mean, of course he's wrong, but you're right. This is a grave scandal. This is causing people to so leave insane. the faith. It's causing people to refuse to even entertain the idea of returning to the faith because they're saying they're seeing the Holy Father saying these things. They're seeing people like Joe Biden, who claims to be a Catholic. And like Joe said, he is supporting LGBTQI uh, uh, ideologies, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, which wants to destroy the nuclear family. He's supporting abortion, the, one of the gravest, if not the gravest evil of our time. And yet he's saying that Pope Francis told him he can receive communion. This is a grave scandal. Grave scandal. And we think to ourselves, we're thinking, oh, but you know, this is a particular case as an individual person. This is not an individual person. This is causing people to lose their faith all across the world. This is not something that's localized. Now, if I committed a private sin and like my own personal life, now, if I said it on the radio, this is a whole nother thing. Now, a priest should come out and condemn me publicly and, and ask me to and refuse me communion because this is a public sin. But if I commit a sin privately in my, in my home or in somewhere where only the priest knows, well, then no, no, the priest cannot do that because it's not causing grave scandal. But Joe Biden and Pope Francis are yeah. two of the biggest Catholics in terms of notoriety, in terms of uh, influence. The two biggest Catholics it, in the entire world. I can't believe, like it, it. There were so many comments on various social platforms where I was talking about this and posting stuff, and so many Catholics were trying to give a pass, trying to make an excuse that it's okay, it's okay if if the Pope said it, and or if the Pope never said it, it's okay if he doesn't clarify. I don't understand, even if, even let's just assume for a second, you are a huge supporter of President Joe Biden and or you're a massive supporter of Pope Francis and his uh, policies and his pontificate. Well, how can you fail to understand the grave nature of the scandal, the public scandal? I mean, literally tens of thousands of Catholics are, are just beside themselves thinking that this was a golden opportunity to meet President Biden where he was at, to engage him, to disciple him, to journey with him, to talk to him, to dialogue with him, the most ardent pro-choice Catholic on planet Earth, to engage in a dialogue, to conversate, and maybe just maybe, Joe, you don't know. You weren't there, and we don't know. Maybe they did do that. Wouldn't it be amazing? How cool would it be if today we were reporting that the Vatican clarified and said, nope, the Pope never said that. In fact, they did have a conversation about it, and the Pope encouraged Joe Biden to go to confession, to make a worthy confession, to receive communion worthily. Could you imagine how elated we would be at news of that grandeur and that nature? It would be the most amazing thing to read such a, a story to you. Yeah. But in fact, that is not the case. The Vatican declined to clarify whatsoever, and as I, as I said a minute ago, the AP reported, he did, in fact, receive Holy Communion. No public uh, apologies, no public repentance, no public confession. Public scandals require public confession. That's the principle, and we aren't receiving it. That is very, very scandalous. And then, of course, there's this father. Uh, James Martin, who comes out and uses this golden opportunity to double down on U.S. bishops, because you know they're about to meet in in just about uh, a week and a half or so, two weeks, 
in Baltimore, which, by the way, I'm going to be there for the National Catholic Men's March to End Abortion. I'm giving a little talk there. I'm super pumped about it. Check out the Men's Men's March uh, online. Get the details. Invite a man to come to uh, Maryland and hang out with us. We'd be grateful. Um, The bishops are going to meet. They want to discuss what they should do as a body with pro-abortion Catholics. And what do you think they're going to do now? They're going to be totally gutted. They barely had enough confidence and courage before to conversate about this. Now, do you believe that they'll have any whatsoever? I don't know. It doesn't look good. Father James Martin told the Italian media that he thinks that the U.S. bishops are just so myopically focused on abortion. Golly, Jewess, he equates the death penalty, and I'm guessing he equates, just by reading through the lines here, uh, that all LGBTQ issues are e- of equal importance. Immigration is of equal importance. Let me tell you something. That every single U.S. private uh, Marine, U.S. Marine who is a private or above, learns in basic training. Just every single Marine who goes through boot camp, it learns to shoot a rifle, learns to do combat first aid, right? And guess what? In combat first aid, you do something called triage. You don't treat the broken arm before you treat the sucking chest wound. You want to know why? Because the broken arm ain't going to kill nobody. But a sucking chest wound will kill someone fast. So you learn to figure out which wounds are the most deadly and the most serious, and you treat those and you ignore the rest. Because that's the way triage works. Father James Martin, I am so sorry that you never learned this basic principle, which applies to everything in life. The most grave, concerning issues must be addressed first. They are foundational and primary. All other issues, as serious as those may be, do not get treated above and beyond or equal to the more serious issues. As St. Chrysostom says, pay attention because priorities matter. An eternal judgment is coming for every person. And in spite of what some bishops might believe, that all may be saved, the fathers of the church speak very clearly. Our Lord and Savior himself speaks very clearly. Not everyone is going to make it to heaven. Judgment is coming. And we better live our lives like it. We better act like it. And we better stop putting up with the shenanigans. It lacks charity for those who face that judgment and have so heavy of a millstone placed around their neck. Let us pray, fast, and do penance for the dead and for the living that are about to be dead. We'll be right back. Mike from Restoring Faith is up next. A popular objection to Jesus' resurrection is that it's merely a ripoff of pagan myths about resurrected deities. Should this be a cause of alarm? I don't think so, for a couple of reasons. First, Christians couldn't have copied from pagan myths because the idea of resurrection as a new embodied life after death was foreign to the pagan worldview. Recall how the Athenians scoffed at Paul's preaching on the resurrection in Acts 17. Second, the majority of the alleged parallels are bogus. The deities never really rise from the dead. The spirit of the Greek god, Attis, entered into a pine tree after his death, and the Egyptian god, Osiris, merely reigned as king of the underworld. So to my Christian friends, no need to fret. Our belief in Jesus' resurrection didn't come from pagan myths. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. RT reports multiple explosions near military hospital in Kabul as gunfire heard across Afghan capital. Breitbart reports American Airlines cancels more than 250 flights on Monday alone. Monday's flight cancellations bring the airline total to over 2,000 in the last four days. The airline said it canceled a total of 1,058 flights on Sunday, which was a continuation of Saturday's 548 flights canceled and Friday's 343 flights canceled, according to the report. Canceled Sunday flights alone were roughly one in every five flights in the four-day stretch. Approximately 10% of its mainline flights ended up canceled, which in return stranded thousands of passengers. The report insisted that the airlines were struggling with staffing shortages when the pandemic brought air travel to a near halt in 2020, noting that airlines offered staff buyouts and early retirement packages and unpaid leave to cut costs and survive the downturn. However, While airline travel is picking up, all the airlines are scrambling to hire employees and bring back as much staff as possible. I'm sure the vaccine mandates aren't going to affect that at all, right? Hey, The Blaze reports, poll shows scary news for Democrats. 71% of Americans say country headed in wrong direction. Biden's approval rating hits new low. Biden's approval rating in the NBC News poll dived underwater for the first time in his presidency. The poll conducted October the 23rd through the 26th found that 42 percent of U.S. adults approved of Biden's job performance, a seven point drop from August, while 54 percent disapproved. This is a near reversal from April's poll that showed 53 percent approval and 39 percent disapproval. The poll conducted by Heart Research Associates and Public Opinion Strategies that included 82% registered voters revealed that only 37% of respondents believed Biden is, quote, competent and effective as president, unquote, compared with 50% who declared him not to be. Just 37% of respondents trusted that Biden could handle a crisis, while 47% said he could not. Epic Times reports 9,000 New York City workers, including firefighters and officers, on unpaid leave over mandate. 9,000 people were placed on leave without pay today, including firefighters and police officers. According to Mitch Schwartz, a spokesperson for the de Blasio office, told media outlets on Monday that, quote, The rest are in various stages of having their accommodation requests reviewed. They can be at work, unquote. Data released by the mayor's office on Sunday night said that about 22,800 municipal workers are not vaccinated. Around the same time, de Blasio wrote on Twitter that, quote, more than half of the workers who haven't been vaccinated yet have submitted exemption requests and those requests are being processed, unquote. A day earlier, the Democrat mayor confirmed that 91% of city workers got the vaccine as of Saturday night, a jump of about 8% from a previous day. 
New York City's Fire Chief Daniel Negro said that the the increase in sick calls are, quote, related to protests against the mandate. It's obvious, he added. Generally, 200 people come come into our medical office every day. In this past week, it's been 700 a day. Most, the majority of them are unvaccinated. He says this is completely unacceptable. LifeSite and Forbes are reporting abortion in Texas have dropped nearly 50% since Heartbeat Act was signed into law. However, conservative Supreme Court justices signal willingness to rule against SB 8. As the Supreme Court heard arguments Monday in two cases concerning the legality of Texas's near-total ban on abortion, multiple conservative-leaning justices suggested they could potentially rule against Texas and impose an injunction that would block Texas Senate Bill 8, despite an earlier ruling by the court that upheld the law. The justices were divided on whether the court could block the law under the court precedent, ex parte Young, which stops federal courts from imposing orders against state courts. But Justice Amy Coney Barrett said she believes there's language in the precedent that, quote, favors, unquote, the abortion providers. And Justice Brett Kavanaugh suggested the court could extend its precedent in that case to close the, quote, loophole, unquote, Texas is taking advantage of. And those are your headline news for this morning. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, joining us today by via Zoom chat is Mike from Restoring the Faith, a former uh, uh, employee at an investment banker on Wall Street and in a financial guru of a type of some kind. But uh, we're very grateful he's decided to wake up today and, and join the program. Uh, considering the last time we tried this. Uh, good morning, oh, Devil Dog. Second time's a charm. Leatherneck, praise be to God. You know, I brag about Marines all the time, how we can get ourselves out of bed no matter what and be where we got to be early. And, and then Mike doesn't show for the show. And and there's exceptions like, to every rule, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to God. I tease you. I tease you. It's good to have you back on the program. Uh, hyperinflation. It sounds good, but what does it really mean is the question. I was reading uh, some articles just this morning about uh, hyperinflation on the rise. Of course, we all know that uh, the Fed tends to print cash and put it in your bank account whether you want it or not. There's an issue there. Uh, we saw all the stimulus bills that got passed last year, um, but... Yesterday, I paid over $3 a gallon in the state of Texas, which blows my mind. We see the cost, the, the price index, the cost of food has increased 4.6% since, uh, since last year. Um, everything is on the rise. I mean, literally housing, fuel, food, every a- aspect of life is starting to get very uncomfortable for so many people. What is going on, Mike? Uh, well, we're, inflation is certainly at a 30-year high, according to even the metrics that the government is willing to release. Um, uh, the printing of money has been nonstop. I, I think, really, realistically, since 2002, uh, when the Fed, you know, uh, it created a quantitative easing, really wanted low interest rates, really wanted to uh, allow people the the so-called American dream of buying a home. And um, that 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 run up from 2002 to 2007, where you know the the bottom fell out of the housing market, the printing has not stopped since then. And inflation is really an interesting thing, Joe, because it's an insidious secret tax that we all pay. We're not even really aware of it. It's so uh, it's so slow. Uh, it's so incremental. Um, but but it is it is. It, 
it is state policy to create inflation. It is a man-made creation. It is not a necessary component of finance or economics. It is, uh, it is, it is fiat policy uh, by the government. And, and there are a number of reasons why they do it. You know, there's also new polls out about how bad the current administration is really doing. More than two-thirds of Americans think the economy is in poor condition, and nearly half think it will get worse over the next year, according to polling results released yesterday, AP, NORC, Center for Public Affairs. Uh, 54% said economy was poor, and 45% said it was good. I'm curious, Mike, who do you think the 45% who think this economy is good are? <laughs> well, maybe maybe ten percent of them are the uh, are the uh, millionaires and billionaires. But uh, you know, when you when you establish the fact, uh, scriptural fact, our Lord says, "Render to Caesar what is to Caesar's, and render to God what is God's." Uh, there's no possible way that our Lord could have possibly meant that Caesar gets more than God. And at the time, when you t- when you think about your tithe, your tithe is a 10% pre-tax of your gross earnings to the church. It's a precept of the church that you have to support Holy Mother Church. It's also a precept of the church that you cannot deprive a man of his wages. It's one of those sins that cries out for the justice of God. Um, and so when Caesar takes more than his due, when he takes twice as much as God, four times as much as God, ten times as much as God— um, you really have a problem. You have an overreach. It, it no longer it's it it uh, it no longer is taxation. It's really theft. Um, and the Catholic Church, you know, unlike you know, some people say, well, the early church was for, you know what they were almost communist. People didn't own things. But no, that's 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 bogus. It's one of the one of the Ten Commandments uh, implies personal property. You shall not steal. I get to own things. I get to keep what I earn. Um, and uh, inflation is so intricately tied to taxation because what inflation allows policymakers to do is it allows them to borrow debt uh, and overspend and then inflate the debt away. So I'll give you a quick, quick example. I know we're on radio and time matters. If you buy a house for $200,000 uh, of, of a mortgage uh, at the point in time when a Hershey bar costs $1, then essentially you bought a house that costs 200,000 Hershey bars. But if inflation uh, d- halves the purchasing power of your dollar, and now a Hershey bar costs $2, then suddenly your house can be purchased for 100,000 Hershey bars, not 200,000 Hershey bars, which, which just basically means that you have cut your debt in half. You have inflated it away. It's almost like abstracting the thing away. And that is what the federal government tries to do. They can spend like drunken sailors, and they'll just inflate the debt away over time and pretend like you and I won't notice. You know, the, the numbers are so they're so huge. They're so out of control that it's hard to wrap our minds around them. I mean, most most of us are just trying to make make the day work, right? We got to get to work. We got to get to school. We got to get the kids to here. We got to go to this doctor's office there. We got to pay the bills. We got to put gas in the car. We're trying to just get through life on a daily basis, let alone keep up with the shenanigans of the economy, the the policies, the politics, the politics the politicians and all the rest. I mean, these numbers, they're so massive. Trillions of dollars in these bills. How does anybody make sense of that? Well, that's a good question, Joe. I mean, it's. I think studies have proven that the human mind really just can't even comprehend numbers that big. They, they just become numbers on a page. Hold that thought. Uh, Sorry, Mike, I set you up, and only for failure because we're at a break. That music means we have to go to a short break, but we'll pick up right there on the other side of this break. 
with Mike from Restoring the Faith, talking about hyperinflation and the economy. We'll wrap our heads around the numbers in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Mike from Restoring the Faith is our guest, uh, former Wall Street investment banker, finance guy, guru. And we're talking about the hyperinflation, the uh, don't, but wait, there's more. There's still our debt that China is not sure they're going to continue to buy. Um, there's an issue there. Uh, will that debt come due? Will we default? What happens then? Plus usury, plus everything else. Mike, welcome back to the program. Just before the break, I asked you about wrapping our head around the numbers. Can you pick up there? Yeah, I mean, the numbers are so big that people just can't comprehend them. They just become an abstract uh, thing. You know, it just becomes a, a number on a page. Uh, we we realistically, uh, every child born in the United States, which there are fewer and fewer of them, of course, but every child is born under the burden, you know, inheriting, uh, you know, we, we talk about uh, inheriting the American dream and becoming a U.S. citizen and, and your birthright. Well, part of your birthright is about $200,000 in owed taxes just to get this <laughs> this uh, economy back going. I mean, that's... Uh, talk about being saddled by debt. It's it's really a generational theft. It's a theft that has been uh, uh, enacted by the current generation that is stealing from future generations by our overspending, by our endless government uh, programs and policies uh, designed to make ourselves feel comfortable today at the expense of our children's futures. You know, one of the things that just bugs me to no end about all of these uh, heavy pork infested bills that they want to pass, you know, their stimulus or, or the budget or whatever is they spend so much of our hard earned money on stupid stuff. They waste it away. It's not even going to like the bottom line to keep the doors open, the lights on and government functioning. It goes to this, you know, crazy wackadoodle program and that crazy wackadoodle communist program. I mean, it just seems like we give so much away. 
do they really not have a conscience, I guess is my question, or who's, in tr- <laughs> who's behind these bills? Are there economists that write these things? Who writes this stuff? Oh, certainly not. Certainly not. I mean, essentially what happens is it, you know, each, each member of the, of the committees that put these things together wants to, wants to be able to go home to his or her home district and say, I brought home the bacon. Boy, howdy. I'm, I'm going to study this obscure lizard here in our, in our district and make sure that this lizard, you know, survives. And, and that's why you sent me to, to Congress. It's, it's 435 elected people who, uh, are, are each trying to get an outsized share of the goodies so that they can continue to purchase votes and, and buy their way back into power. It's really a perverse system. And there's no, there's no way to, there's no way to change it really. I mean, I mean, in terms of like how, what people's incentives are on Capitol Hill. You know, that, that kind of makes me think, uh, collegiality, the problem with it, uh, well, one problem with it rather is the fact that you become anonymous. There's uh, so many people. It's kind of like the USCCB. When the USCCB, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, gets together and they declare something, well, then no individual bishop needs to take credit for it. There's no one to uh, to blame, no one to say to, to hold accountable. And in the same case, like who do we hold accountable for all these things? We talk about the past generations have put us in debt and are stealing from us, but who who do we hold accountable? What what's the path forward? <laughs> Remember when Pelosi said you have to pass Obamacare to know what's yes. in it? <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, imagine the USCCB saying, "Oh, well, we have to pass this resolution to know what's in it," you know, or something like right. that. I mean, that would I mean, that would be awful. Yeah, I felt you know similarly related. This morning, I was driving in and I heard uh, a piece of audio from one of the. Uh, uh, voting committee members at the FDA who said we have to we have to start vaccinating kids to test its safety. I mean, just <laughs> let that sink in for a second. The uh, the, oh the reverse and insane thinking of these people. What he about said the quiet part out loud. He wasn't supposed <laughs> to say that part. Right. I know. Right. Yeah. Oh, look, it's not safe. Well, now we know. Now we know. Um, let's talk about debt. Uh, China buys most of our debt, uh, which you would think is probably not a great relationship to have. The the company the 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 country who is uh, launching hypersonic nuclear capable missiles in our atmosphere uh, to also own our debt. What happens if they def- if we default and they stop buying? This is this is more than just a thought experiment, Joe. I mean, this is something that could realistically happen. It's publicly available information that in 2009, at the height of our financial crisis, that China and Russia, the two largest uh, owners of our debt, got together and. Uh, one of the two, uh, and I forget which one, it was either China or Russia was in favor of dumping the U.S. debt of t- saying, this is our moment. This is our opportunity to totally bankrupt and ruin the United States. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's money as a weapon system. It is, um, it is economic war. Um, and I think it was, uh, China at the time who said, uh, no, now is not the time. Wait until the next cycle. So I, I, I think that this is a very timely question because, you know, business cycles, they say are normal. Business cycles are, you know, booms and busts and, 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 and housing markets and Wall Street and prices of things. When you didn't have a fiat currency, when, you, when, uh, there were no business cycles. Yes, there were feasts and famines with respect to, uh, you know, the productivity of land, the weather, um, you know, the, the bounty of God, of Almighty God. But there was no such thing as a, as a business cycle in terms of, uh, you know, whether or not your, uh, your interest rate was, uh, was appropriate. So I think, you know, what happens to us if and when, um, and probably more when than if, uh, China and Russia do collude and uh, and stop buying our debt. Uh, it's a bad day for us. 
we have seen we've seen examples of this in world history when a currency fails. And I think the most sta- spectacular version of this is not any of the of the versions that are really well known that people talk about, but think about the Habsburg Empire prior to World War One. Blessed Emperor Karl von Habsburg, uh, uh, considered by many to be a saint, he's on his path uh, to sainthood, the last Holy Roman Emperor. Their their currency uh, was the reserve currency of Europe. It wasn't the pound sterling. It wasn't the German mark. It was the it was the uh, the currency of the of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. That was in 1917. One year later, that currency disappeared off the face of the earth. The disaggregation and the destruction of the Holy Roman Empire, the uh, uh, the abdication of the or, or the exile of the crown, you know, and, and all all of that happened within one year. I mean, that is a uh, hundred years ago. That is lightning speed. That could happen to us. We are the reserve currency of the world. The petrodollars, you know, they transact in, but they could they could decide in the Middle East to not transact in in U.S. dollars anymore. They could stop holding our currency, and that really is what allows us to do what we do. Is the fact that everyone else accepts our currency that's the danger of a fiat currency is that it always fails throughout all time and all places in all history eventually it fails and ours will too um and this is why i think it's so important that catholics uh can prepare themselves um you know financially for that so what does that look like exactly preparing ourselves for that and uh and i really like I'm kind of a, a dumb guy right here. I don't really know much about, especially when it comes to economics. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, what is it? What do you mean by it's guaranteed to fail? Fiat currency. What is fiat currency, and what is the path forward? Well, I, we, we used to have a gold-based currency. We used to have a coin-based currency. Insofar as you know, you could take your your currency to a bank and exchange it for a set uh, amount of silver um, or gold. And, um, and so we knew that there was gold and silver, a hard, a hard asset that undergirded our currency. That's no longer the case. Uh, we were taken off the gold standard in the 1960s. Since then, it's been absolute chaos. Uh, since then, we have seen inflation. And now, you know, that, uh, the fact that we are unmoored from a real tangible asset, the fact that we are just floating out there in, in a fiat means, you know, that the government just speaks it into being. Um, it's the, it's really a, an inversion of our ladies fiat. Um, that allows them to to print money on demand. They can create it on demand. And banks do this too. Banks create currencies called fractional reserve lending. You know, they only have to keep, let's say, 8% uh, on deposit and then everything else they can lend. So if you put a dollar into a bank, they're going to now lend out $10, which means effectively they've created $9 that never existed before. So it's all has an inflationary effect on on how we live. Um, Your question, Adrian, of what do we do about it? I think the first step is that we really start thinking about um, our uh, holding real assets and real and and trying to divest ourselves from the U.S. dollar in general. Now, everything that we do, everything that we buy, stocks and bonds and gold and land and real estate, it's all denominated in the U.S. dollar. We all think about it in terms of the U.S. dollar, but what we should be thinking about in terms of how uh, the productivity of the underlying asset itself. Should I buy Bitcoin or not? Well, the question is, is it a productive asset? Will it survive a hyperinflationary environment? Will it survive, you know, a, 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 an, an unexpected attack on our infrastructure? If I, if I don't have 5G, can I access my Bitcoin? You know, so, I, so this is, these are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves are, are the, the preservation of capital, the survivability. And then finally, and I think Joe, you alluded to this. 
the moral um, component of finance. And this is something that we never really think about. You know, the usurer used to be buried apart from the Catholic. The usurer was buried with the suicides in his own graveyard that nobody visited. That was how severe usury was considered by the Catholic Church for like 1,200 years. It started to change because of the the commerce in Florence, and ultimately by the 1800s, usury was totally accepted. Um, But is it is it moral? Is it licit? You know, am I investing in in um, in companies that that commit abortions, for example? Uh, am I expecting an unreasonable return? You know, the Holy Father says that we, we don't want you reproducing like rabbits. Well, we expect our <laughs> investments to reproduce like rabbits. We expect our money to make money. Yeah, yeah. We are almost out of time. Mike from Restoring the Faith has been our guest. Uh, boy, well, a lot of trouble here on the horizon and not a lot of clear answers. Uh, you got about 60 seconds. What's your best advice? Best advice is, uh, first of all, buy the book Creature from Jekyll Island if you're interested in the history of money and the what what is money. Uh, and more importantly than that, I think everyone should look into the Catholic land movement from about 100 years ago. This is when Catholics said, we don't want this modern economy anymore. It's not working for us. We want a truly Catholic economy where the man can work uh, where the where the mother can stay home and raise the children, I think by returning to the land, by by looking into productive assets, I think that we can uh, protect ourselves from this modern uh, labyrinth, which is which is a house of cards poised to fail. All right, praise be to God, Mike, from restoring the faith. Thank you for your time today. Check him out on YouTube, restoring the faith. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Have a great day, Mike. God love you. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. Brand new prize sponsor is on the hook for our game show. You could win. Plus, we have an after show where we get to conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. All that coming up. Check us out online, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. See you back here tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches, whether it's in the catechism or not. Is that true? No, it's not true. If you want to call yourself Catholic, but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject, you give everyone else who calls themselves Catholic the right to do the same thing. For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states, Only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that. Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church, but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls himself Catholic. That gives Joe Parishioner over at St. Doubting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic Church, but not mine. 
you believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe Parishioner doesn't like what the church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We're going to have a great hour for you this hour. We, of course, have our game show, Fear and Trembling, coming up at 15 past. New opportunity, new prizes at stake, so you could win. If you uh, didn't get on last week, why not call back early today and try to get in today? Your first three chances of the week. And by the way, since we were not in the studio yesterday, your chances of winning are that much better this week. So call early and call often, and I'll give you the phone number at the proper time. The website, of course, is where you can find the rules and even the phone number at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. It is All Souls Day. Good morning, and praise be to God. Are you praying for the faithful departed? The key word is the faithful departed, right? So uh, what an opportunity to go to Holy Mass, go to a cemetery, pray for the souls that are faithfully departed, uh, maybe someday, if it be God's will and you strive hard, you might make it to purgatory and you're going to want people praying for you. So return the favor today or this week. That'd be wonderful. Uh, in the second half of this hour, we're going to have a great conversation. It's called The After Show, where we conversate with you about whatever is on your mind. And if you don't bring up anything, then we talk about movies and food. And I got to watch The Monuments Men over the weekend. I had never seen it. It's been on my sort of backup, who knows if you're ever going to watch this list. And I watched it, and I got to say, it was a good film. I enjoyed it. So maybe I'll talk to you about that in the after show, or food, or or the Pope, or just about anything you want to talk about. That's what happens in the after show. Speaking of things that happen that are crazy, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise is be to God. Now? Are you sure? It is, absolutely. Praise be to God. Praise be the to God. Last, uh, the last hour was a little depressing, uh, talking it? about the uh, the finance of the United States you, and uh, the collapse of society. You thought that was depressing? Yeah, I, you oh, know, despite the fact that on. the entire world is collapsing, <laughs> praise be to God, it's still good to be here. In spite and, of it all. Uh, we have a chance to offer up our sufferings for those holy souls today. 
Yes, we do. Oh, and if you didn't listen to the interview yesterday, you're going to have to. I'll post the interview with um, with Rudy uh, from yesterday on uh, today, so y'all can take a look at it. And you know, oh my goodness, excellent stuff there. You know, we can get an indulgence for the holy souls all month long. Yeah, praise be to God for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You just have to. Let's see one more time. Can't be in mortal sin. You have to go to confession. And pray at a cemetery. Pray at a cemetery. Oh, and complete detachment from all venial sin as well. Well, and you can also get you receive indulgence no matter what, even if you don't fulfill perfectly, <laughs> perfectly every uh, requirement. But so, I highly recommend going to a cemetery and praying for the holy souls. Yeah, and amen. At least strive anyway, right? Just strive for it. Well, praise be to God. Uh, now, did you watch anything interesting over the weekend? I did not. I didn't watch Nothing? anything over the weekend. What? I uh, slept most of it. Friday, I went to a corn maze, and then Saturday, I was dying from allergies. So How that, the corn so maze? that happens. Uh, it was great. It was cool. They did a really good job. They made it, the entire corn maze was in the shape of a train. So it was like a That's lot super of, cool. yeah, it was really cool, but it was also really hard to get through. Uh, we raced and I, we got through it in seven minutes. So it was fun. And then uh, I can't remember what I did Saturday. I feel like I did something on Saturday, but I don't remember. That was all. That was not Halloween. Our that was parish Sunday. had their fall festival on Saturday. Oh, that's and right. The weather that's was right. amazing. Praise be to God. Blue skies. And Sunday we had our fall festival, so I was there at the fall festival on Sunday. Praise be to God. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I did the announcing for uh, I emceed for the uh, All Saints Parade. So that was really cute. All the kids in there. A lot of St. Michael's. A lot of St. Philomena's. And, uh, and the, uh, so that was really cool. That was awesome. And then we had a cornhole tournament and I played against father and father kicked my butt. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. It was 22 to 20. Uh, I think I'm the reigning cornhole champion of the planet. Yeah. Maybe not, but of like everybody. Well, I used to run these family fun day events for the local Catholic radio station here in Houston, the GRN station. And, uh, we always had cornhole tournaments and you know, I was, I wasn't bad. I wasn't bad. It, you know, I was pretty good. That's pretty good. So maybe we'll have to bring that back. Maybe we should do a cornhole tournament here on the CDT show somehow, some way. Oh, that'd be great. Mm, we'll think about that. Hey, uh, before we jump in, let me just remind you that the uh, National Men's March to End Abortion is coming up in Baltimore, and I would encourage every man to go. I'm going. I would love to see some men there. Praise be to God. Uh, the uh, it's. Let me go to the website. National Men's March to End Abortion. I'm Googling it as we speak here. And it is the website is themensmarch.com. That's super simple. I could have done that. Themensmarch.com. I encourage you to share that with some friends. It's going to be in Baltimore. And uh, as I said, I'm going to be there. Looking forward to being there. Praise be to God on November the 15th. In fact, I'm flying up early so that I can do the show live from Baltimore that morning. I also will do the show the next morning before I jump on a plane coming back, which I'm hoping while I'm there, since I'm right across the street from the hotel with the U.S. bishops, that I'll be able to participate in the rally out in front of that hotel as well. So we'll see how that goes. But so much to dive into and pray. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news for today. Praise be to God. We always do the hard-hitting news in the first hour, and I'd like to give you some uplifting good news for the second hour. Epic Times reports mom gives birth to rare 1 in 200 million triplets, with one baby being born in the amniotic sac. From learning that she was expecting triplets to identical triplet boys, and then to be presented with the very rare occurrence of them sharing the same placenta, a British mom's journey into parenthood was peppered with surprises right from the beginning. Gina and Craig, their triplets, Jimmy, Jensen, and Jackson, you see the J's? Interesting, isn't it? Are quite literally one in 200 million. Quote, I thought I might be having twins. Although there are triplets in my family generations back, I didn't consider it would happen to me, unquote, 34-year-old Gina told the Epic Times. She goes on to say, quote, I was so shocked. We both couldn't believe it when the three heads suddenly appeared on the scan, unquote. I bet that was pretty fascinating. Having uh, had six kids myself, I understand. She, uh, sharing a placenta, the article goes on to say, however, meant that the babies were fighting for the same nutrients, and Gina's pregnancy was thus considered high risk. Quote, my journey was a complete roller coaster. I went from having lots of early pregnancy symptoms such as migraines, insomnia, and extreme exhaustion to very quickly becoming very big. I, it got to the point where I found it very difficult to walk, unquote. Yet, imagining life with two baby girls and a boy, as predicted at her 16-week scan, brought comfort to Gina as pregnancy became hard to bear. However, she was saddened when her 24-week scan uh, had a mix-up. The couple was having three boys instead. Quote, I was so upset, unquote, Gina admitted. I had bonded with the two girls I thought I was having. I had envisioned them. I had named them. And then I was told they were gone. I had to mourn the loss. But now, of course, I love having identical boys and wouldn't have it any other way, she said. When Gina went into early labor two months ahead of her due date, Jimmy, Jensen, and Jackson were delivered by cesarean uh, section at Liverpool Women's Hospital on April the 26th and 31 weeks and three days. Jackson was born while still inside the amniotic sac, another incredible rarity. Only around 1 in 80,000 babies are born this way. Praise be to God, it is great news to see these three boys come into the world and uh, to see this family enjoying them at this point. And let's pray for their health as they were born very early. And that is your good news for today. The saint of the day is the holy souls in purgatory. And here's a quick excerpt of a sermon from a holy bishop. First of all, does purgatory exist? It is certain that this is a dogma of our faith. Sacred scripture does, however, offer passages which make allusion as clearly as possible to the existence of purgatory. The account of the Maccabees, where Judas Maccabee sent a sum of 12,000 talents to Jerusalem, asking for a priest to offer a sacrifice for the intention of the soldiers who had died in combat, in order that they may be delivered from their affliction and enter heaven. Sacred scripture adds, it is salutary thought to pray for our dead. St. Paul also makes allusion to the souls in purgatory when he says that certain souls enter heaven immediately and others quasi per ignum, that is, who enter heaven as well, but by fire. Making allusion certainly to the purification necessary for these souls who would not be perfectly prepared to enter heaven. Why does purgatory exist? It exists because we must obviously enter heaven in the most perfect purity. 
It is inconceivable that souls may enter the vision of God to participate in the light of God with any disposition that would be contrary to this light. It is inconceivable. This is why those who have died in the state of grace but are not perfectly purified from the penalty which is due to sin after the sin has been pardoned, that means after you've gone to confession, and also those who die with venial sin must pass through the place of purification which renders them worthy to be present before God in the blessed trinity. Since they are no longer here upon earth, they are no longer like us in the state in which one is able to gain merit. They are definitively fixed in their their grace and sanctifying grace, that is. But they suffer as well from an indescribable suffering because they know much better than we what God is and what is waiting for us in heaven. They are also tormented by remorse at the thought of the goodness of God and of the charity of God of which they are witnesses. They know that they suffer justly for the sins which they have committed and to be purified in order to arrive in the glory of the Lord. Thus, as a consequence, the souls in purgatory are not able to abridge their sufferings. Since we are able to merit for them, we may ask our Lord Jesus Christ that the souls in purgatory be more rapidly delivered from their sufferings. And indeed, we must do so. It is a duty for us because these souls who are suffering count upon us for their deliverances. We are able to do so, therefore, by our prayers and in particular in offering the holy sacrifice of the mass. We are able to do so by our penances, penances which we must do as well in order to atone for the penalty which is due to us for sins, which have been pardoned in order to diminish our purgatory. And if it pleases God, and if God so wishes that we not pass through purgatory, but rather go directly to heaven to join him. It is a considerable encouragement for us, an encouragement to sanctify ourselves. If we truly understood what the souls in purgatory suffer, we would do all that we possibly could do for our part to deliver them and to avoid purgatory ourselves. All you holy souls, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 5, verses 24 through 29. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Is there a reasonable hope that all will be saved? That question comes up quite a bit on this program. Here's what St. Augustine says about this particular passage. Quote, What can be plainer? Men's bodies are in the graves, not their souls. But in the end of the world, all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and come forth. He does not say, shall live, as he said above, when he spoke of the eternal and blessed life, which all will not have, who shall come forth from their graves, unquote. Judgment, it's on the way. Adrian, what did you find? 
Wow, like this this passage. I mean, it's always, always. I mean, it blows my mind you when about people. 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind when people say things like, uh, "There's reasonable hope that all men are saved," or you know, that that once saved, always saved. All these kind of ideas. It blows my mind because Scripture is so clear that we need to be working out our our salvation in fear and trembling, and that we need to focus on the eternal. I highly recommend today pray for the holy souls. You and I, God willing, will end up in purgatory or go straight to heaven. Praise God. Uh, so we would want other people to pray for us. So during this month, pray for the holy souls in purgatory, visit a cemetery, uh, go to mass often this month and offer these. All right. Praise be to God. It is time to go to break and we are going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. And you could win, but we do need you to make that phone call right now at 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. And be our caller to play our game show, 877-757-9424. A lot more fun than Fear and Trembling, but it's coming up next. Don't wait. Call now. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anybody 
what I'm about to tell you. Keep this just between us. But there are a few things I like to do during the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. And you might learn something you did not know before. And praise be to God, that's always fun, is it not? And then we like to have fun. We like to laugh with our callers and our contestants, and they tend to be a really great time. They tend to be very good sports, and they laugh right along with us, and praise be to Jesus. And we also give out prizes, which means it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. But if you're just joining us and you're new here, here's the kicker. I have three Catholic trivia questions, but uh, the caller does not need to know the answers to these questions in order to win our game. They could not know a single one and still win. Isn't that cool? And the reason why is because I won't ask them the questions. Instead, I asked Janice and I asked Adrian, and one of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Janice. What might they win? Good morning. Yes. Uh, So this this week we have a great sponsor, His Sunday Girl by Stephanie Aquila. She has a small Catholic business that is dedicated to celebrating Catholic festivity by creating goods that offer uh, help for Catholics who want to pursue living a life of liturgical uh, living. So uh, she's giving away an Advent printable bundle valued at $26. It includes a Catholic kitchen workbook, liturgical season meal planner with a grocery list, season of light liturgical living companion, the uh, and an Advent wreath companion, prayer companion. Uh, so definitely a great gift for um, a mom or uh, a wife or any any person that takes care of uh, the home, uh, the grocery lists, uh, the meal planning, uh, definitely a great gift to uh, have if you want to bring order into that part of your life. And it's uh, again, it's an Advent printable bundle uh, created by Stephanie Aquila. She runs a small Catholic business called His Sunday Grow G- Girl uh, to promote liturgical living. All so right. Praise be excited. to God. Thank you very much to our generous prize sponsor this week. Let's go to the phones. Martha, good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our show. Good morning. Praise be to God, Martha. Where are you calling from? We're calling from Dallas. Dallas, Dallas. Texas. Uh, there is a there's a very heated contestant rivalry from Dallas and San Antonio as to who how many callers call from those individual markets. Uh, do you feel the tension when you when you tried to call in? Do you feel like oh, I hope I uh, outdo a, a San Antonio caller? I'm just curious. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I I was only teasing, but wow. Okay, Martha. Now, where, where do you go to church? St. Pius the 10th. St. Pius the 10th. Praise be to God. And uh, I assume you are well aware of how the game is played? We, we do lesson every day. How amazing. Well, we're very grateful to you. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, I think th- I'm looking at the questions, and these look like all easy question Tuesday today. So it ought to be, a th- you, you ought to get into the cup pretty easily today, but let's just see how this goes. We will go to Janice, as is our custom. Uh, Janice, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yep. Yep. Are, are you sure? Uh, yes. <laughs> Janice, can you tell me? Who are the holy souls? So traditionally speaking, the holy souls in the Catholic Church are known as the souls in purgatory. Okay, okay. 
So that's just traditionally speaking. So maybe, hmm, yes, well, maybe there's a more modern approach. I don't know. Let's just find out. <laughs> speaking of which, Adrian, Adrian, can you tell me who are the holy souls? The holy souls. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'd imagine the holy souls are the those souls that are in heaven, right? So the souls in heaven. The souls in heaven. Hmm. Martha, this is uh, they turned this into a tricky one. I didn't see this coming, but Adrian seems to think the holy souls are the souls in heaven. Whereas Janice seems to think they are the souls in purgatory. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Martha, what say you? Janice. Very confident in your response. Wow. Nailed it. Nailed it. That was actually pretty tricky. (laughs) Traditionally speaking, you've nailed it, Martha. You've nailed it. (laughs) She's probably been listening to the show today. Uh, So tradition or modern, it's still the holy souls in purgatory. Right. The souls in purgatory are referred to as the holy souls. Just referring to the history of the tradition of the church. Oh, I thought you were going to say Adrian's a modernist. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Either way, <laughs> praise be to God. Today is the day we especially pray for the holy souls in purgatory. Mm-hmm. Martha, are you guys going to a cemetery? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> Honestly, like, should I, should I it's okay. You got all month. You got all month. Yeah, this time. You, you actually have some time. Okay, okay. Just uh, do you have, now, Adrian? Do you think you you have to physically stand inside the gate or the wall of a cemetery? That's a great question. I have no idea. I'd imagine as long as you're like, I guess you could stay in your car. Right? As yeah. long as you come get into the cemetery, why not? Try know. it out. Not sure. Pray for the holy souls. All right, that's question number one. You are in the cup. Praise be to God, Martha. Uh, you might just win this week, but let's see if we can't double your chances. With this next question, we're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me, may Catholics take part in a lottery? No, of course not. That's that's, that's sinful. That's gambling. Is it? mm -hmm. What if I do great things with the money I win? Uh, No, no, can't do it. Are you sure? No lotteries, no sweepstakes. What? uh, Raffles, all those things. Uh, You're saying no raffles too? Nope. Big no. Mm. Every Catholic church does raffles. <laughs> just, just and that doesn't make it good. Every single parish. Okay, let's see what... The, uh, I don't know. I wonder what Janice is going to say. Janice, can you tell me? Can Catholics take part in a lottery? Well, since Adrian said no, there's only one an- one answer left. That's so rigid. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say yes. Yes. And I, I do believe uh, it is uh, okay to for Catholics to partake in lottery because... Okay. okay. Everything is good if done in temperance and in balance. So, so if I spend seven-fifths of my income on lottery tickets, it's okay. Well, that would be <laughs> in temperance. It's <laughs> not, okay. not possible. We're totally distracted now. I have to say some of that for the after show. All right. So, Martha, here's the deal. Janice seems to think, yes, Catholics can participate in the lottery, whereas Adrian says, no, absolutely not. It is sinful. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Martha, what say you? Janice. A very confident response again. Janice is right or wrong? She's right. Survey says. <laughs> there you go. There you go. She got it. She got Adrian it. trying to catch her on a technicality. I want you to... I- Remember that, Martha. Well done. You did good. Praise I, be to God. When I was a child, I used to wear a shirt that said, always right, never wrong. 
Really? When I was a child, I got kicked out of a casino for gambling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> different, different childhoods. <laughs> different childhoods completely. Uh, you're in for two, Martha. How do you feel? Great. Those were easy, right? So far, very easy questions today, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, then now that I've said that, the third question could possibly be the trickiest of all. Uh-oh. Are you ready, Martha? Uh-oh. Yes. We're going to get you through this. We're going to see if we can't get you in this cup three times today. Praise be to God. All right. Back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me what mass is said on All Souls Day? Today's the day. What mass will be said? So um, a lot of people don't know this, but on All Souls Day... We celebrate also the Feast of Christ the King. Really? Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Because it's a celebration of coming to new life and celebrating death and life. Mm-hmm. So Christ mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. Christ is, uh, uh, Christ gives us new life. And so, it, um, yeah, a lot of people forget about that, but we also celebrate that. Christ mm-hmm. the King. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Well, let's just see what uh, Adrian uh, Meanie Meanie has to say over there. Adrian, can you tell me what mass is said on All Souls Day, which happens to be today? Mm-hmm. My, my preferred pronouns are Meanie Trad Rigid. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the mass that's said today is Requiem Mass, which is a mass for the dead. A uh-huh. Requiem Mass. I thought that was like a funeral thing. Ah, well, there you go. Hmm. That's a tough one. I like Christ the King. Hmm. Okay. All right, Martha, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think it's the Requiem Mass that's said today, whereas Janice seems to think it's Christ the King. Ooh, choices, choices. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Martha, what say you? Adrian. Are you... That's great. That's correct. Good job. Good job. Excellent stuff right there. 10 out of 10. Are you, uh, is the button broke or? Right, right. Yeah, that's what happened. Wow. I don't remember that many ding dongs for the last two questions. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Really, really shows kid, his ego. My kids wanted to say, my kids wanted to say Adrian, so they were trying to. Uh, oh, I see. They were using this as an opportunity Aww. to say Adrian. Well, praise be to God. Yeah. It happened to be the correct answer anyway. <laughs> Congratulations. It is, in fact, the Requiem Mass. Martha, and uh, and praise be to God. Thank you for being on our show today. You were so much fun. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you, thank you. God bless you <laughs> on your way to school or work, whatever's on your day-to-day. But uh, we're going to put you on hold so we get your phone number. And that is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. Don't forget, let's try to stop by to a cemetery this week sometime. Say some prayers for the faithful departed. But you can also pray for the faithful departed every day. If you make it to Purgatory, you're going to wish someone prayed for you. So let's return that favor, especially today. We're going to have a great conversation in the after show. Join us on the live video feed, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Pray 
Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the After Show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about the conversation, and you get to drive that conversation in any direction you wish, unless you are the spam bot that keeps trying to put porn links in our YouTube videos, and we aren't going to be oh my talking about Again. that. We're going to report you for sure, and uh, college you is. You know, the good news is, okay. The good news about that is once we all get plugged into the matrix, I mean the metaverse, uh, you know, we'll just probably all accept pornography as normal in, in those days. And that's coming. Okay, so there you go. Have if, fun with that. Yeah, if you are a regular listener on our YouTube channels, uh, let me know, and I would love to make moderators. So if you're a regular listener, tunes in every day, and uh, comments and joins us in the comment section. Let me know if uh, you would like to be a moderator to help delete these messages because I can't always get to them immediately um, because we're doing other things. Because right now, like we, I've been deleting these messages all <laughs> this entire show, um, and I feel like it's they're just like multiplying like rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, it's pun. It's pun Tuesday, apparently. Yep. <laughs> Christopher Chan says the mass for all souls would obviously be set to soul music. If I had to get it wrong, I was going to say <laughs> it was the anima mise. <laughs> was that what I was going to say? Uh, anima mise. Boy, that would have really thrown her off. It's like, <laughs> what the? I don't even know what that is. Poor Martha. She was so much fun, though. Praise be to God. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, Becky, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good to see you. Clarissa, it's good to see you back. Yeah, amen. We had a, I had a great weekend. It was good. Uh, let's see. Jeff Burrier is here in the Burrier family. William Hemsworth, good to see you. St. Teresa of Avila, good, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Christopher Chance and Don is here. Good morning to you. Lori, praise be to Jesus. Gloria Dion Lopez. Jesus Robles. I need to learn how to roll my tongue, roll my R's. I don't understand. I'm pretty sure it's genetic. I don't think you can learn it. Robles. I don't know how to do it. I can't do it. Jesus Robles. Joaquin Hernandez. Good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, let's see. Who else is on? Let's see. Uh, did you Vaughn. say Jeff and William and Teresa of Avila? Yes, I did. On, on oh, you did. What Awkward. About, uh, also on, um, on Facebook. <laughs> Jeff said he'll help me. Thank you, Jeff. I'm, uh, I will message you after the show, and I will make you a moderator to help with all these spammers. Thank you. God love you. Uh, on Facebook, Josh is on with us. Uh, Josh Knoll specifically. There's a lot of Joshes, so I should be specific. Doug Ross. Doug, are you a new commenter? What? He says, hi, Joe. Are you a first-time commenter, Doug? Hey, I think Doug. you are. Where, where is Doug? Where are you looking at that? That's uh, GRN. That's CDT, Facebook page. Facebook page on CDT. Yes, sir. I didn't. I missed and Doug. Good Chris Chance you, is on Doug. with us. Praise, uh, be, to praise God. be to God. Don is on. Lori, Gloria, the, the usual suspects. You already said hi to all these people, didn't you? I did, but you're missing Michelle like Vaughn. Michelle Vaughn. And Sonia Morales and Buddy Canine. Good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. He said no. He's not a first-hand commenter. Patty, good morning to you. Uh, she was here. David Gonzalez. Good morning to you, David. And June Yabara, good morning to you. Praise be to God. I noticed that Facebook is doing the crazy thing with the comment thing again. So people are commenting. And, this and, and then it's like, no, it's no longer available. Good morning Weird. from June and Isabel is apparently offensive to Facebook. It's pretty offensive. Because they're not letting me like it. Doug, I apologize. Uh, he said no, he's not a first-hand commenter here. I'm taking it back. There you go. It's there. Totally it's taken back. Reversed. It's reversed. Mike over on odyssey.com. Good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us. Mike took total insult at Mike from Restoring the Faith. 
So uh, Mike on Odyssey is offended by Mike at restoring the faith. Not sci-fi Mike? Uh, not sci-fi Mike. Okay. Mike Mike says, uh, Mike insulted me. I was a drunken sailor. There is no way I could have spent money like the government does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's t- comparing drunken sailors to the U.S. government is an insult uh, to all drunken sailors. That's right. And I've known quite a few. I've known quite a few, actually, in my time. Uh, Josh said, "Yep, I've been. I've had two comments deemed spam for saying good morning. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so that's judgmental. So, so judgmental. Uh, Facebook, to say, what is wrong with you? Good morning." You know, I was I was busted for saying it in German last week. Guten Morgen. Uh, real quickly, the so speaking going of- forward, I'm going to stop streaming to the Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel. We are streaming there because our other channel got censored, and so I'm going to switch back to only streaming on GRN Online. So if you're watching on the CDT YouTube channel as of uh, tomorrow, I'll, we will be only streaming on the GRN Online one. But you can still stream live on Odyssey, yes, if you wish. Yes, So we're streaming live on Odyssey, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and our website. That is uh, correct. And uh, we're, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. We've talked about it many times before, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll update you when we know more. Speaking of total judgment, Uh-oh. okay, I mean, this is like heavy-handed, rad-trad judgment going down here. Uh-oh. Uh, David L. Uh-oh. Uh, says, good morning, CDT team. Ouch. I know. What's up with I mean, that? Like, Why is YouTube not censoring this comment? Exactly. David, you can tell, like, reading in between the syllables there is, what's up with your Astros, man? They just barely hanging on. Hey, so I was blown away on, on uh, whenever we were, I was watching the game on Sunday evening, and uh, literally first inning, Grand Slam, it was 4-0. Me and my dad are like, all right, we're done. We turn it off. And then uh, like, and, uh, 30 minutes later, we had someone like text us like, look at the score. Look at we turn it back like, on. Whoa. It's like 8-4. And we're like, we're like an 8-5 or something like that. And I was like, what happened? Like, what did I miss? It's because you crazy. turned it off. Yeah, that must That's be what it is. That must have been what it was. You know, I, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Moneyball. I had watched Moneyball again with Brad Pitt. Good film. You should watch it. It's a very good film. So he plays the general manager of the athletics. And as a rule, he never watches the games, right? So he helps to build the team and, and bring the team to championships and all of that. But he never goes to the sta- inside the stadium to watch the game. And the one time he does, they start losing. <laughs> so he immediately turns around and walks out. Yikes. Because they're very superstitious people, baseball fans. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. And uh, so you, uh, my dear Adrian, cannot watch the game tonight. Uh-oh. Okay, because if you do, they may lose. I'm just gotta let you know. I'm gonna be that watching was the, the game. point of my story <laughs> was that you aren't allowed to watch because every time you stop watching, they start winning. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm Catholic. I I'm can't. I can't believe in superstition. You don't. Jeff says, "How was your All Saints Day? Praise be to God. It was great. I slept in all the way to seven o'clock." Uh, so praise be to God for that. And uh, I apologize. I did something wrong, and the show didn't launch like it was supposed to. So uh, whoops. But I uh, can't hopefully fix that. So actually, I don't know what ended up happening because by the time I saw the message, it was already like 
we're already into the second hour and i was like whoops it was like 7 35 and i checked i was like we're already off so i can't really check what happened but hopefully that aired it and uh but that show that youtube uh i we recorded the video of it that'll be posted today on our youtube channels uh or on our across our platforms rather and uh so that's uh, and then after that i it was a great day i just relaxed i tried to do as little as possible try to keep holy the uh, holy day um did some did a couple chores tried not to do too much work and um uh, that's about it we ate my mom made uh made um chicken so i went over to my parents house for the weekend i was like five day uh, three day weekend i'm going home and the oh and then all saints day mass was very beautiful very very beautiful uh father gave a great sermon on all saints and uh connecting it to the feast of christ the king uh, which was awesome so that was very good um father so, yeah, rock preached go. on uh uh, Dulia, Hyperdulia, and Latria. Ah, good, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. We should make that a trivia question. Did he talk about Protodulia? Nope. Didn't mm, mention Protodulia. Wow, interesting. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. Uh, Janice, what'd you do over your weekend? Uh, so yesterday for uh, the feast day of All Saints, um, my husband actually had to go to work yesterday. Bummer. Um, so I, I was surprised that the Catholic schools didn't have that day off. New uh, Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus. Yeah, Doesn't, they had work. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't take the day off either. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Knights of Oh yeah, the Knights of Columbus do insurance, but yeah. they I guess they most of them work from home. I've heard. But yeah, um, my my yeah. roommate he's a insurance salesman with uh, Knights of Columbus, yeah. and he was working. Um, but yeah, they had they had an all school mass, uh, so it was a mass day. Um, so well, that's good anyway. Yeah, so I actually went to the uh, the mass day or to the mass with the the kids. Who's, who was the celebrant there? Um, so I don't usually go there frequently, so I don't know the, I don't know his name. Big, tall, white haired guy. Oh, Father Reynolds. Was it Father Reynolds? Yes. I oh, think good. So. Praise be yes. to God. He's yeah. the pastor of, of mm-hmm. the parish. Yes. So I, uh, that's our, that's the nearest church to us, but, um, we usually end up going to like Regina Chelly. So sure. we like go back and forth between Elizabeth Ann Seton and Regina Chelly. I was so stressed out yesterday trying to get to mass because like, there was there was two options. There was early super morning or seven o'clock at night. Yep. I'm like, have you not heard of noon? I'm just curious. It's halfway <laughs> between both. It works great for most people to run over for lunch. Like well, college, you is one noon mass. They could have done a noon mass and then a seven o'clock. That would have been fantastic. Mm. But like to drive in city of Houston during rush hour traffic is so well, stressful. They can't do they can't do three masses because they only have right. two priests. Move to six thirty a.m. to noon. Oh, no, because yes. most people can't wake up. Uh, Make noon great again. a lot of people are working. That's why. <laughs> Not at noon. Most people take lunch. Well, oh, well got to drive the all school, the way across town. we had it town. at 9. I'm sorry? We had it at 9 a.m. Well, that's for the, the, the kids. 9 a.m. would have been better. <laughs> 9 a.m. would have been, been okay. would have been better for you. Yes. I, like, you guys are missing the point entirely. I only care about me. Mm. Good grief, people. I've noticed. Like, I've noticed. get with the program. <laughs> I mean, uh, make my life easy. That's all I really care about. But, uh, yeah, 7 o'clock mass. And, then, of course, you have nothing but nonstop traffic jams in the city of Houston. So that's very stressful. But praise be to Jesus, we made it. And uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful mass. Yeah, um, I'll be trying to I'll be going to mass tonight. Uh, trying to, anyways. I'm trying to figure out what churches are having mass today and which ones aren't. Um, but yeah, there's so. like every priest is supposed to say three masses today. That's correct. Uh, so there's six masses at Regina and Chaley today at our, at our parish. Mm. So 
there's probably at most parishes there's got to be at least three, but I'm sure there's at the big ones. Well, there's there's not be, every yeah. parish is re- every priest isn't required to say three masses today. They're allowed you to say three masses today. You need to tell today. them that they, we could have them all call their offices and say, "I was told you have to say three masses." Yeah, I wish, <laughs> I wish, but <laughs> no, they only have to say they can say up to three masses Although, today because normally they should only say one. Priests say, say, yeah, this is true. <laughs> last, <laughs> last they say a year, lot more than that. Last year, um, we had, or my husband and I, we went to St. Bart's because Father Ricardo Ariola, uh, he's a great uh, diocesan priest here in Houston, but he uh, he started offering the Latin Mass for special feast days. Yeah. Um, and his Lat his um, uh, All Souls Day Mass was beautiful. Like it was uh, very beautiful, very. Reverend, and uh, he was—he's been really working hard to kind of like foster a more traditional yeah. uh, liturgy at St. Bart's. He's a good priest. Um, yeah, he—he—he he, he celebrated our wedding, so really? he was a celebrant. That's for super our, cool. Yeah, I, be to we God. love—we love him. He's a great friend of ours. Yeah, and um, it's so sad though, but uh, I don't think he's doing it this year because I think one well, of the yeah, they're only allowed into to, that. Yeah, they're only but, allowed to do I think two. <laughs> Uh, Latin masses a month, and they cannot be holy days of obligation, right. and they cannot be Sundays. Well, the good news is there are no holy days of obligation almost. <laughs> right, exactly. So there you go. So yeah. There's that. <laughs> so technically, he could he could have done all all Saints Day, but I guess that would be considered a major feast day. Yeah, I'm not and sure how that would work. And he wasn't allowed to celebrate that one. He would be allowed to do it today, though, if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But then he couldn't do any other. Uh, he could only do two this month, so he had to choose. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I've been noticing he's still, uh, praise God, he's he's still offering the Latin Mass. Like he's taking advantage of those two. <laughs> those yeah. Two I'm sure days. he's doing it for his private Masses as well. Yeah. He's he, allowed to do that. He's a, he's a good priest and he has a great love for tradition. Yes. I, I went to, I've been we to one him. TLM with him. Um, you know, and it was, and it blew our minds because he said the TLM at a, at a parish near our house that had never had a TLM before ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, wow, look, yes. look, look at this. This He's, is amazing. He has a gift for... And the place was packed. Oh, yeah. It was so mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, but then Traditiones Custodes came out and mm-hmm. don't you worry. We'll save mm-hmm. you from the rad trads. We got this. <laughs> don't you worry. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's it's awesome. Father Ricardo's actually uh, a great singer. I did, I, uh, yeah. he, he, he chants very well. And uh, for our wedding, um, he surprised us by chanting the gospel and I was just like blown away with um yeah our the gospel readings instead of being like read um he chanted them for us did you do the how what mass were you married in the traditional mass well so we got married at Annunciation Catholic Church um in downtown Houston and we originally wanted a Latin mass wedding but then um uh because of like family like i guess we were really considerate about our family no, nobody in my family goes to the latin mass and nobody in my husband's family goes to the latin mass so we were okay well they don't like his family is protestant my family they're they're catholic but they're not um um they're more like not they're they're not traditional like they're not very traditional in terms of their understanding of the faith um so we ended up just going for a 
Latin Novus, Novus Order. Or, no, no, yeah, basically. Father like, Felix? And we did, we did was ad, it Father Felix? No, it was, no, it was Father, Father Ricardo. Ricardo. Oh, Ricardo. That's right. You and said we that. Did, we did an ad orientum. We did. <laughs> and then yeah. all Which of our, is quite lovely there. And then all of our uh, music was the Gregorian chant. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. We, for my grandma's funeral, uh, my grandma never has been to a Latin Mass, probably since she was like a child. But mm. when she passed... Uh, we had Father Felix do a requiem mass for her, and wonderful. We're, and uh, oh, praise be to God! Yeah, so it was very beautiful. And um, I gotta say, and when the entire like no one in my family, half my family, like never been to a lot of mass before. <laughs> the other half hasn't been to even church in a while. And we did a we did a beautiful, beautiful requiem That's mass. That's wonderful. Yeah. When my when Michelle and I got married uh, way back in the day, uh, one of the, I, at the it's funny because I was still a, pretty much a pagan heathen at the time. Uh, had become Catholic and all of that. I've told the story so many times. But one thing that bugged me was how few people came to the actual mass, but the the party was packed. We had a great time at our party, a little too much actually. Uh, but I I was I still felt I remember being very bugged by how people didn't come to the the marriage itself. It's like this is the point to this. Even I, a pagan heathen, know this. And uh, the party is fun and all, but the party isn't the point. The marriage was the point at mass, mm-hmm. and so I, I still remember how how bothered I was by that. Why has nobody asked me about my my wedding day? <clears throat> There's a reason. There's a reason for it. Speaking of wedding days, <laughs> speaking of wedding days, uh, how many people, by show of hands, have seen the Monuments Men? Raise your hand. What? How is, is, that a, is that a movie? It's not at all connected. But anyway, we oh, had, we had to transition one way or the other. Uh, the Monuments <laughs> oh, real, Men. Real quick, Josh said, "My wife and I got married at St. Edward's in Spring. I was not Catholic yet. We did not do a full mass." Huh? How does? Well, oh, oh, yeah, so you probably you're... had a deacon witness your wedding. Okay, yeah. I see. Being Catholic now, I wish we would have. Um, that's a shame, dude. But praise be to God, you're married. <laughs> By the way, it was St. Edward's in spring that Father uh, uh, Rick- Ricardo Ricardo said the yeah. TLM. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. St. Edward's was the very first parish in Houston that we had ever gone to. We went to mass at their old sanctuary. Uh, on Christmas, and then we went to Mass at the first Mass ever said in that sanctuary when they rebuilt it. And uh, and then I went to their first TLM. A lot of firsts there. Praise be to God. Uh, the Monuments Men. <clears throat> George Clooney, Matt Damon, Bill Murray, Kate Blanchett, John Goodman. How many people have seen this film? I'm just curious. 2014. This is based on a true story. I have to confess, I put this movie on a back burner list for me for many years. Because I thought it was supposed to be some sort of George Clooney-esque comedy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with George Clooney. Good grief. You don't like Batman? <clears throat> um, depends on which Batman, I guess. Definitely not George Clooney. Ouch. Um, but I watched it over the weekend, and uh, I got to say, I wish I had watched this sooner. It was based on a true story. During World War II, the Nazis were very eager to steal the art of Europe, and they hoarded it. They stole it from Jews and everybody in between. Every time they went to a country to dominate that country, they would go in and they'd steal all their artwork, the paintings, the statuary, a lot of which was from stolen right out of Catholic churches. And the movie depicts that and in a beautiful way, stealing beautiful, incredible, epic art out of churches from high altars, statues of Our Lady, uh, just they did a great job of that. They didn't bash the church. Uh, they depicted the beautiful uh, artwork and the the respect of these men for that particular artwork. 
And uh, I was very impressed by that. I thought with George Clooney in, in particular and John Goodman, Matt Damon, these uh, people who are very left of center when it comes to politics and religion, that they would bash that. But they didn't. It was very beautiful. So they, they're trying to tell this true story of how a handful of these men felt the need to go and protect the art of Europe from the Nazis. And they convinced the president to give them commissions in the army and with the mission of going over there to, to do this exact mission, and they did. And uh, they discovered in the process, I'm giving you spoiler alerts here, but they discovered in the process that the Nazis were hoarding and hiding this artwork in mines. And um, they, were, they were racing against the clock to recover this artwork, some of which the Nazis destroyed when they knew that uh, their time was up and then uh, the Allied forces are closing in on them. They would uh, they burn the artwork to the ground, <clears throat> so that artwork is lost forever, which is crazy, isn't it? Looks like Laurie's seen the film. Who else? Anybody else? Anybody else seen the Monuments Man? Josh Patterson says you can always go back and do it properly, can't you? Uh, referring mm. to Josh's wedding. No, he was married properly. It's not. There's no problem with his marriage being properly done. He's him and his his wife were not Catholic, or he was not Catholic, but his wife was Catholic. They got married, so as long as he agreed to, you know, all the things that the church requires, then he uh, and was married by a deacon, so he was was witnessed by a deacon. So that's a completely valid marriage, so he doesn't need to get married again. He can always renew his vows anytime he wants. That's always a thing, but he's already married. He's fully married, so there's no problem there. He's just saying, I wish I would have done, you know, the full pomp full and circumstance. Right. And amen. I mean, absolutely. It's have always the better bagpiper, to do the best. escort you uh, in, wear down your the dress, aisle. like go. <laughs> Skirt, I, I still fit in my dress, my wedding dress. I'm just saying. <laughs> you say, from your lips to God's ears, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, praise be to God. I got to wear my kilt for my son's wed- wedding a couple years ago. And it still fit? It's, of course it does. When you spend $500 on your wedding dress, you want it to fit for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I'm like cringing just right saying. now. <laughs> I, uh, fun fact, I won my wedding dress through really? a raffle. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, so uh, I feel like Saint Zel. So we got married on the feast day of Saint Zeli and Louis Martin. Nice. And I love those July twelfth. Um, and I didn't know this, and I didn't know this until like later on. But Saint Zeli, uh, she's the patron saint of lace making. Yes, she ha- she was the business uh, person in the family. Yeah, she. He was- quit his watchmaking business to go work for her. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because, um, so she's a patron saint of lace making. And what's so crazy is that I entered a raffle for a wedding dress and I ended up winning it. Um, and I didn't, and I feel like she prayed for me to win that because she's the patron saint of lace. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So I have a cool, yeah, backstory about that. But, Praise um, be to God. my, I was, my dress was custom made. I designed it myself through an, uh, a company called Anomaly. They create custom wedding dresses and you can actually like design it online by sketching it. And then they send it to China. This was, this was in 2019. They sent it to a, um, uh, a lace making company in China. And then somebody in China basically, Probably Uyghurs. Uh, uh, like hand hand designed <laughs> it. Ouch! Um, ouch! And then they shipped it to the U.S. Um, but I don't think the company is thriving right now because of the the, ch- the yeah. shipping issue that they have with China right now. Yeah, I got. I you should, no one's asking about what I wore for my wedding day. Nope. Like, what's nope. up with that? You're not I, asking this. Question. Was, was so rude. This another question's not <laughs> okay, being asked okay, today. Okay, I'm, I'm fine. That's Mine fine. was made in Scotland. Praise be to Jesus. 
by Which, not by the Uyghurs, not by the Uyghurs, <laughs> unless there are Uyghurs in Scotland. Uh, there could employed be employed by the company that made it, and then I guess it's possible. But otherwise, no. It's definitely a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. <laughs> if I were a Uyghur, I would want to live in China. I would as well. Scotland would look I, very good right now. Right, exactly. Exactly. Anywhere <laughs> would look better than China right now. Anywhere is better yeah. than China if you're a Uyghur. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Let that sink in. Aye, aye. Speaking uh, about uh, <laughs> uh -oh. governments uh -oh. and cities. Hold on a second. Buddy says, Joe, now you can be in a Twix commercial wearing your wedding oh, dress. No. Oh, no. Ouch, buddy. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Ouch, no. Chris says Joe wore a wedding dress. Uh, yes, killed. he did. It's a well, kill. What's it's, the history it's a behind it's that? A kill skirt. Sorry. What's the history behind that? So, like, behind why do famous men movies wear that? Like, I, I, I'm not. Oh, how I'm much time do we have? German. Oh, we have uh -oh. this. Well, it's Scottish, not German. Oh, but okay. uh, so I'm glad you asked this question, Janice. Uh -oh. I will take two or three hours to uh -oh. explain <laughs> the back in, history of Scotland. One, just in one <clears throat> sentence. Um, in one sentence. <laughs> It'll be okay. Very good. I can do that, too. St. Paul uh, wrote all of his epistles in only one sentence. So I will do the same. Uh, so first you have the Pictish people. <laughs> What are you laughing about now? <laughs> that was I, if you missed that joke, that is like that is peak joke. That was a peak humor right there. St. <laughs> Paul wrote all his epistles. He did. He did. You're it's right. True. That's why it's hilarious. If you if you don't get that joke, it's St. Paul. And if you read translations, they put punctuation in. It's but Saint if you go Paul look at the Vulgate yeah. or in the in the Greek, there's no punctuation. Like, he just goes. He just goes and goes and goes. Open fire hose, <laughs> spew, close fire hose. That's yeah, Saint Paul. he does. That's, okay, you can go. That was just like, that was really good humor right there. That's 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, I was going to make some long satirical joke about the Pictish people. But okay, <laughs> fast forward. The Scottish uh, people tend to wear wool because it's cold there and miserable and wet and rainy. And they would wear wool around them, especially if you know the sheep herders, things like that. Well, you get into like the 18th century and you begin to see what looks like the modern kilt at that point. Mm. And uh, there's a whole backstory. The guy who wrote the story, Rob Roy, Google him, mm. look him up. He is pretty much um, given credit for the modern uh, Scottish dress code, uh, which most Scotsmen don't wear kilts unless it's like a formal event, like a wedding or something. Otherwise, they never wear kilts. Most modern Scotsmen have no idea about their clan history, none whatsoever. Generally speaking, it's a bunch of Americans who are taking pride in their heritage, and then they look back into it. So my family comes from the clan MacLean, which is found on Duart Island. We have a castle right on the tip of, of Mole Island, which is directly across from Iconia, where Christendom came to Scotland. My clan uh, history was... Catholic. They were Jacobites. They supported uh, James, and uh, they paid the price for it. Uh, they were uh, basically uh, shown the door <laughs> for a long time. In fact, it wasn't up until, I think it was like the 1970s or something, like after World War II when they finally bought back the island, uh, bought back the castle, Duart Castle. So anyway, I had, uh, ever since high school, I'd researched my, our history. I have uh, Scots, I have Scottish uh, ancestry coming from my father's side, uh, from the McLeans and the McKays. And then my grandmother, on my mom's side, it's uh, English. It's the Browns and it's the uh, um, the Bassets. And uh, all of which came over to America from Scotland and England in like the uh, 18th century. So 
that's the background. And I wanted to get married in a kilt. I wa- I tried to get all of my groomsmen in kilts, but my wife refused. Yeah, I probably I wouldn't <laughs> she have. Refused. If I if I had a friend who was getting married, she threatened to and, not marry me if and, I did that. Yeah, so. I mean, I wouldn't have done it either. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I my, Josh, my from, best friend was is a uh, is um, David Pineda from high school, uh, Mexican fella. Um, he wore he, it. He did not want to wear it. Yeah, I wouldn't so, have either. Yeah, mm. uh, Josh on YouTube said. Um, did y'all hear that Marilyn Manson became an evangelical Christian and went to a prayer <laughs> service with Kanye West and Justin Bieber? Big doubt. Big doubt. <laughs> Big doubt. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. I, and oh, he's, I, he said he'll send it to me. No, no. I saw the article. I saw that it happened. I'm just big doubt that it's real, <laughs> that he actually, I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God if he uh, rejected his Satanism, but um, I have a very high uh, yeah. I, maybe, <laughs> level before I'm Maybe the fact that otherwise. he's facing prison over all of the rape accusations right. and the abuse has made him have a come to Jesus moment. Let's it's, pray. It's a possibility. Let's pray. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing? Becomes Catholic. It would be uh, amazing. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Uh, oh, buddy sh- said, people do not, did not like us going to battle naked. <laughs> <laughs> referring to why they wore kilts. Uh, <laughs> there you go, folks. Um, I, <laughs> that's what you want I, to do. I it. had all my bridesmaids wear veils really? for our mass. That's cool. That's awesome. And not not all of them are very Catholic. Some of them, um, I have a cousin who's not very Catholic. Uh, uh, some friend, Yeah, so and even though my friends, some of them weren't really Catholic, they still wore the veil because I told them to. <laughs> nice. Put it awesome on. <laughs> Have you seen Bridezilla? Yeah, put it on. <laughs> wear the veil. Uh, Mike said, German men do not wear dresses. <laughs> it is why we whoop the Romans. Speaking Ouch. of German men, over the weekend, I uh, I did take some extra time to sit down and do uh, some reading. Um, you know, Sometimes it's, it can be hard for me because I have to be so plugged into what's going on that I failed to like unplug. Well, this weekend I got to unplug a little bit and I picked up my favorite reading material, which is history. Warren Carroll and his, uh, especially looking at the 16th century. And I relived the experience of Clement VII, you know, making treaties with Francis I and going against Charles, the only Catholic uh, king and Holy Roman Emperor, by the way. In in Europe that didn't revolt against the church and got stabbed in the back by Clement VII, guess what? how it resulted? It resulted in thousands of Lutheran German soldiers sacking and destroying Rome. The people who witnessed it equated it to the destruction of Jerusalem. It was so bad. Charles had to swallow his pride and come to the rescue of Clement VII, who was held up in St. Uh, Saint and the castle, or Saint, what's that? Saint Michael, Saint Angela's Castle, right in front of the, the Vatican. I read that this morning or the, over the weekend, and I was just thinking about our day and our time now, and how when the hierarchy of the church gives itself over to the world, the flesh, and the devil, horrible things happen. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for our, the souls that have gone before us, especially those faithfully departed in purgatory today. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Tell a friend.